This week, Steam tries to get a higher Better Business Bureau rating. We raise our massive chalices to an interview with Danny Garfield, and we go on a curious expedition. Get your internet radios and hitbox streams tuned to the right frequency. This is episode 53 of the Indie Game Riot. Everybody, this is Josh and Ya, and this is Indie Game Right episode 53. 5-3. Oh, we, I feel like every episode we're just like, whoo, because it always seems like. <laughs> yeah, as Rev drinks out of a uh, wonder. <laughs> oh, <laughs> God. Sorry, I'm trying to finish it. Welcome to Indie Game Right, where we're always <laughs> smashed. Um, Fucking alcoholics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't go to meetings. Any drunk riot. Uh, first of all, I just want to make you all aware that we do have a phone number that you can call. I would like someone to take advantage of this phone so number. Far, that you... I'm the only one that's done it, <laughs> which is sad. <laughs> I, almost I thought it was a cool idea. A phone number that you can call, leave a message, and we will <laughs> not that one in the chat. Um, <laughs> Any game ride told us to call nine one one, and we get fined for starting a riot. Oh, yeah. There we except go. not not yet. <laughs> uh, I've actually been afraid of that. If we've ever gotten like if someone was like took that literally, like all right. And then we get, <laughs> we're the ones for inciting yeah. a riot. <laughs> we get swatted, like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, call the number, 717-508-RIOT. That is 717-508-7468. If you call that number, you can leave a message. We can uh, listen to it during the show. The people on the stream actually won't be able to hear it just because that's how the setup works. But uh, you all yeah. will. And then I'll, I'll relay it to them and uh, we'll respond to it. So call the number. But before we do all that. How are things going? And because we're good hosts, we're going to let the guest, Danny Puba, or uh, Danny, would you like to go by your last name or Puba? Uh, yeah. Well, I, I, I call you Danny Puba because that's how I see you on Twitter. Email address and social security. Puba is his dev. That's all right. It's 621 Yeah, because that's how social security numbers work. <laughs> I, I don't know. Did I get it wrong? Yes. <laughs> He has life lock. There you go. Was it a phone number? What was it? I don't know. It was something. It was. It was. It was That's what I thought you were doing. Was a phone number. Um, but yeah. Anyway, uh, Puba is actually the the I call it Dev Studio. You said it's two people. Whatever. Um, Puba Games. Puba. Puba Studios. Something. Um, <laughs> Danny. Danny Garfield from from Puba, and uh, he is here. So what, what's been going on during the week, man? This week has been fun. Uh, what did we do this week? Ooh, uh, one big thing. So we, our game, The Weaponographist, came out just a few weeks ago, and we put out our first free content patch today. We did kind of, you'd call it a DLC if it wasn't free, I guess, but it was a big old content patch adding a few new gameplay modes and a whole lot of, uh, what, survival mode and jinxes and stuff like that. And so uh, first part of the week was all about um, you know getting the final bugs ironed out of that and rolling it live on Steam and everywhere. And then we've been doing a... Uh, Weaponographist contest, a tournament really, all week, where we've been doing a head to head double elimination tournaments. So we've been doing commentary for all the players who have been playing in that, which has been uh, really fun. So I've been streaming. I don't usually stream, but uh, I'm enjoying it. 
Just fuck your fans. I'm just kidding. You love fuck all of them. Yeah. <laughs> I just tried to open my. Not. I just tried to open my already open beer, so that's cool. Yeah, um, I saw that. I was like, oh, I, I. Well, can't I'm really, that. I'm really excited to talk about Weaponographist with you because we 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 loved Concursion. Um, by the oh way, my God, yes. for those of you out there, we we actually uh, met Danny about a year ago, almost exactly a year ago, at yeah. Indie Three. That if I you remember. Didn't. Well, tech was gone because he's so, yeah. dick. I was at I was at I was at Origin actually. So you go to hell. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was getting drunk at a convention. You guys were getting, getting drunk, drunk sitting at home at a convention. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's where we met him. Indy three. We don't know what's going on with Indy three uh, this year, to be honest. But uh, to follow you know, at some point, we've developed lifelong uh, relationships. Connections. Connections. <laughs> you, some, you know what? Some, You're our some friend. Some are friendships, Danny. some are relationships, yeah. some are people that we nod to as we pass at a convention. Do you do the downward nod the or the upward nod? The well, it depends. If, if it's this person. Depends on what, like. Yeah. It depends on, it depends if, on, if like. You, if you don't know them, it's the downward nod. If you do know them, it's the upward nod. So. Does that hurt? Yeah. I don't know. That's usually, that's usually I, how I it is, that. actually. I have a bandana in my back pocket, and I'm not sure if it goes in the left or the right pocket. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I mean, depending, depending <laughs> on the road that you go down, you might want to, like, like, roll, like, a, a D4 just to make sure that you're, you're, like, walking the right way. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you always got to be prepared for that sort of thing. Roll for a white person check. Without a pocket full of dice. <laughs> there my you dice go. are right here, damn I've got I've got like two hundred of them downstairs. This is sisterhood. My, uh, Someone in the chat. Tusk die. Oh, that's and cool. This is my meteorite die. Someone in the chat is asking us if this is the sisterhood of the traveling pants, and I say to that, what? Anyone you guys can, have pants on? Any three of you no. can wear my pants <laughs> at any time. Feel free. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, yeah, actually, uh, Tech is not wearing pants almost. No, I, I, I never wear I am, pants for the show. I am Even what, not wearing pants either. I'm, I'm wearing, wearing pajama bottoms. Yeah, me too, you? actually, man. You, you know, ever, out, so that counts. This is the so, nice thing about working from home. Yeah, I'm wearing well, but, but, bottoms. But see, that's the worst part about, about, about working on camera. Because <laughs> before we went on camera with the show, I'd just be like, pants are gone, shirt's fucking gone, no one's going to see me. <laughs> Eva Dog in the chat is completely naked, so it's good yeah, to know that our that our audience being new to streaming. When I streamed like three days ago, I forgot to like put my camera up on my monitor, and it was just sitting beside me. It was just butt cam. It was just <laughs> on the side of my butt. And it was like two minutes live until someone was like, "Are you purposely showing us the side of your ass?" <laughs> I just wanted to show you the spot. Is this skin cancer? I don't is know. Is good? Is a rash supposed to look like? Yeah. It's like, is this allowed on Twitch? I can't tell. Which is kind of an implicit. Would you? Yeah. So, so Rev, <laughs> when you compose yourself, what sort of interesting things have you done this week to oh Trump butt cam? I got nothing to compete with butt cam on live stream. He should have just given himself a colonoscopy. Not right there. Yeah. It's like, no, this is what um, you guys came here for, right? This, uh, is, is anybody a doctor? God damn it, I just dribbled beer all over the place. This week was just lots and lots of work. We were two men down uh, at the office uh, until Thursday. Uh, I got home Thursday. I went to my first sword fighting practice in like seven months. And uh, when I got back, I was like, I've got my dinner in my lap. I've got my sleeping pills in hand. I'm a, I've got an open beer. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to take the sleeping pills, chug the beer, eat my dinner, go to bed. <laughs> Check my work email. And Best like, night ever. Shit. Yeah, right? <laughs> Holy shit. Worst case scenario, we our largest client happens to be completely down. Their entire infrastructure is non-responsive. And uh, like 
I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm not taking sleeping pills then, so call me if you need anything. Uh, I got a call like five minutes later from the uh, from the guy that was on site, and he, we were trying to troubleshoot remotely, but, oh, hey, you know, uh, the network fucking sucks, so I had like a thousand milliseconds latency between me and them, <laughs> and so I ended up going on site at like 10.30, and I got home at 2.30 this morning, and then I went back into work uh, when work started. So uh, I am alcohol is hitting me strongly at the moment and I haven't had all that much. But uh, this is I'm, I'm so excited for the show. I, Danny, you have no <laughs> idea. I am so excited that you're here on the show. Oh, I know. I'm in your brain. I know everything you know. <laughs> in there. Uh, well, it's good to know one of us has a hard on for Danny. Yeah, <laughs> at least. <laughs> at least one. <laughs> so, Tech, what was your week like? Um, My week was very uneventful, except for the fact that I almost died this morning. Damn it. Again? Uh, almost. Well, I didn't. I, I mentioned this before the show, but I didn't actually God, tell I told you that assassin that he, and, he said he was good. Yeah, dude, I don't know if it was the jalapeno on the pizza that I almost killed myself on, but... <laughs> What? Yeah, I, 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 I almost choked. I almost choked to death on a piece of pizza today. <laughs> so taken down by your own job. Yeah. So 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 we I had we had leftover pizza. So I warmed it up and and I was eating it at like two in the afternoon, which was like an hour after I woke up because I worked at five today. And and I'm sitting there and I, I'm eating this pizza and I have to cough and I and I cough you know unexpectedly and a piece of pizza goes into my nose. <laughs> It's like milk, only a lot more painful. <laughs> um, I've had to, I've had ramen go into my nose. It's awful, but but I had this piece of pizza. Go- That's what we all ask every single yeah. week. There's always something falling off of him. And, something. And so this, it's not like it's not like in my nose. It's like right at the right at the back there. And so I, so you know, in my in my thinking, like this is really painful. I have something that shouldn't be in my nose that is in my nose. I breathe in heavily with my nose and that piece dislodges itself from my nose and lodges itself right into my windpipe <laughs> in which case i'm like pause a moment you can't breathe you should probably cough this out <laughs> there is nobody else in the house if you die <laughs> you you have a show later today you can't kill yourself on a piece of pizza so <laughs> like that's the thought process that's what like, as oh, the lights as the lights closing in it's like no. or, you know my family is going to have to deal with Indie game rides no, i got Indie game riot tonight <laughs> yeah <laughs> we're dedicated folks there you go yeah so i disagree with your move if you get pizza in your nose you keep it there for later you might want pizza later. I, I don't know, dude. This was already Breathe leftover pizza. I don't know how much leftover <laughs> I want to go with this this particular. But now it's like it's your pizza. Like no one has more claim on that than you. <laughs> I mean, hey man, can I get a true, piece of that? <laughs> but but at the same time, it is in your nose. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so I'm not the fun part of your nose either. The business end of the nose. <laughs> it's less disgusting than keeping it in your beard. That's true, yeah, but. But I, to be fair, see it there. I can I can easily keep things in my beard completely unintentionally. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the worst too? Like when it's, the person yeah. that you love is supposed to be like, "Hey man, you got something in your beard," but no, two hours later, you're just like, "What the? Fu- yeah. Is this cheese?" Right? Well, and, and you know the, the 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 best part, and and I know you know we're gonna be talking about this at some point, but I have I I have purposefully at this point, like I didn't intentionally do it because I'm lazy, but at this point it's intentional. I have not cut my beard 
since way before, but also since before we went to MAGFest. So this is the same beard that was at MAGFest, and I haven't touched it. Like <laughs> You can still see the cream corn from three weeks ago. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he literally <laughs> hasn't again, touched You're going to want that later. That's going to pay off. Yeah, I know, right? One of these days, one of these days, I hope there's like a bird or a squirrel that leaps out of your beard. <laughs> yeah. I hope it's a rhino. A rhino? Yes. I don't know. My beard's all beard rhino. Welcome to the jungle. So, so Josh, how was your uh, your eventful week? My eventful week? My week sucks every single week compared to your guys's. I don't know. I Well, today, um, literally like 15 minutes before streaming, mm. uh, my son took a step. Nice. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. That was fast. Your new He's son. only... He's, he only has one son. Yeah. It's the young He's one. He's not like 20, right? It's yeah. It's like not a big deal. It's, yeah. It's like, uh, you know, I live in Africa and we just uh, have multiple babies with multiple people. And it's just how it works. I have a whole tribe. Anyway. <laughs> I hope I offended just everyone right there. Anyway. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. He took, it, he took it first step and it's actually pretty early. He's not even 11 months yet. I know. So, well, wow. well, yeah, because one of one of the first episodes that we missed was because you were in the hospital with him being yeah. out of your wife. So yeah, exactly. So that's that's the most exciting thing happened. Uh, tomorrow <laughs> I'm going to exciting. a street fair. That's about it. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. And uh, Danny, by the way, is the best and has a giant wang. Oh yeah. That's, apparently. That's science. Giant wang in little tiny China. What? Yeah, you know how you get yes. a, you, and you want to know how you can get a giant wig at home <laughs> with an Indian news injection. Stay tuned. Are you bored with the same old games? Yeah. Why then give yourself an Indian news injection? Thanks, Indie Games. And this week on Indie News Injection, as Rev tries to compose himself from the antics that we talked about between the segments. <laughs> By the way, if you want to hear all that awesome between the segments banter, make sure to check out the live show at hitbox.tv slash Josh and Yeah. But one thing that you can check out right now is that uh, their Steam is probably setting a precedent here, and it's probably really awesome. Well, and that is that... Well, Okay, go ahead. Finish it, and then we'll And that is that Steam has updated and clarified and streamlined their refund policy for refunding games. Josh? Okay, well, I was going to say, explain what the policy is, and then I'll tell you. So the, the, first and foremost, definitely check out the, there's an article on IndieGameRiot.com. Uh, just go on IndieGameRiot.com, search Steam Refunds. It'll pop up. It'll have all the information that you need, as well as links to the uh, important stuff that you'll need to read. Also, you can check out links in the description below if you're listening to, listening to the recorded version. Uh, but basically, they are offering a refund within the first two weeks of purchase, as long as you have less than two hours of playtime on the game, or DLC content, or uh, in-game purchases on Valve-developed games, or pre-purchase titles, uh, and a bunch of other amazing things so, with. Okay, yeah. so 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 how this is tying in with the indie games since you know indie game so, ride and everything, but well, but two things, two things on both right. sides of the of the fence here. One, right. we always talk about early access games being a risk, and we talked about you know uh, the, what the hell was it Earth twenty sixty six and uh, towns, yep. all that shit that just uh, people are just pissed off about because they're like not getting what they were promised. Uh, or whatever. So, 
it's really good for that. You know, you buy the game and it's not complete and you're not happy with it or whatever. So you can be like, oh, forget it. I don't want it anymore. Um, or if it's really glitchy or something. Yeah. Uh, on the other side of things, I was reading an article. I don't necessarily agree with it, but I'm just posing the the question. Um, it, do you think it might affect any games in general? Yes. Because nope. because does. because a lot of games out there you can be actually completed in less than two hours, indie game wise. But you know, but here's the thing, and and this is a this is an argument that that I that I've heard and I personally agree with. Even if your game is less than two hours long, if it's good, there's absolutely no reason why a person who is a an honest, non-douche, you know, on Steam would even think, oh, I need to refund this Resident because Resident. I didn't get my $2 so, out so of it. Basically, basically, in the assumption that a human being acts like a human being instead uh, of an anonymous fucktard, uh, which, as we've seen evidenced all over the internet isn't reality uh, is not going to play a game and then refund it within the two hours or 14 days no it's and 14 days you're invoking the greater internet if if they have not played two hours over 14 days because there there are plenty of games there are plenty of games that we have featured on this show that I've completed personally within 45 to 90 minutes. Right. Sure. sure. And Granted, if you did, and we and, had we had yeah. press keys for that That's so true. Or, or I bought it myself. Of those, none of them I would ever ask for a refund for. Yeah. However, that's because I'm in support of the developers. I have that personal ethic. Most yeah. people out there are not that way. And that is why Steam is and and here's here's where things get like you know presumptuously very good is that a word i can't remember it is it could possibly be very good because they also have terms about abuse mm-hmm. and refunds that, are designed to remove risk as they say and it's not a way to so, get a free game so so, so that's, that's what i like about it like Yes, there's going to be the greater yeah. internet fuckwads, but I feel like indie games thrive on people's willingness to risk. Like we've seen over the last few years, like a plunge in price point, right? Like people yeah. selling, which is ridiculous. Well, even considering, well, but that, I feel that, like this yeah. outweighs that. So I'm like, if if a game isn't dirt cheap, rather if a game is dirt cheap, that's a reason to take a risk on it as a player. Yeah. But of course, it's a double-edged sword. But if refunds are available. That's a reason to take a risk without hurting the dev in any direct way. Like, well, if, well, if Weaponographist like, is a weird little game, but you can refund it, like somebody might be more willing to risk their, you know, nine ninety nine than if the game is crap and they have to throw it out. There, there. That's that's the point I was trying to. I mean, that, that I was thinking that's a about good was point actually was. I mean, there's there's a balance to it because I mean, like you said, nine ninety nine is not a whole lot to risk. So what? I mean, are people really going to do that? Well, yeah, but, probably. But <laughs> the other thing too is it maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but most game devs, uh, first of all piracy is already an issue if you're going to get yeah. screwed out of game you're going to get screwed out of game and probably piracy is less less of a pain in the ass than it is getting a refund um well, especially considering that uh once you your refund request is approved 
and by the way, going back to the abuse comment uh, about and the and the clause that they have in there, uh, if Steam thinks that sees that you are abusing the system to just get free It'll games, like you're buying a game, then you're refunding it after an hour and a half of playtime. You aren't going to be able to refund other games. Right. Uh, on top of that. Shoot, what were we talking about? I had something. Well, that was well, that was the second point. Now that you mentioned it, was that that they're gonna flag and keep track of accounts yeah, that look exactly. like they're potentially abusing it, and I'm sure that changes will be made as the system continues there's, on. The thing there's, is, there's for me, like, it, it's already so easy to steal a game. Like yeah, when exactly. we talk about people abusing the oh, system, right. buying a game and refunding on purpose, we're fundamentally talking about a new way to for pe people to steal games. But like, it's always been so easy. Like if you want to steal a game. You Google it, especially you indie it. games, because you guys yeah. don't have the, you guys don't have right, the. I'm not going to go after the anyone. legal you, team. Yeah. Well, not even the legal <laughs> team, but you guys don't have you don't have the funding the to DRM. create some sort of uh, of a anti piracy right? type of thing. You yeah. Know? And right. and on and and one of the one of the biggest things too is if your refund. Oh, wait, Rev. Sorry, you had no, something. No, no, go say. ahead. Go All ahead. Right. Finish if that you thought, and and, and this is this is also a a, a comment to you, Rev. If okay. like let's say let's say it's a it's a triple A title, it's a triple A trash title. And you you drop sixty bucks on it at launch, right? And you play it for an hour and a half with the full with full intention of you know just just getting getting enough out of it and then refunding it no matter either way just to say that you played it, right? It's still after your uh, your refund is approved, which you know knowing Steam could take anywhere from one to four months, right. uh, <laughs> unofficially. Um, you still have two weeks before you get that refund or possibly refund on your steam wallet which totally is totally well, but, doesn't but, matter to me but I, I see what you're saying like I, like I, I having 60 bucks tied up for two weeks for a lot for some people is a huge deal for me yeah, it's yeah exactly deal. and and uh, I, and yeah so so I have I have two points. One of them came from our audience in the stream. Uh, Ame Jutan uh, says that, uh, and this one's kind of more tongue in cheek, but uh, if if they were a, an indie dev, they would just make the opening credits slash logo mm -hmm. scenes two hours long and completely <laughs> unskippable. Well, I'd like to Probably. I'd like to add to since Ame another thing Ame said and actually is a, it's a good point on tongue in cheek <laughs> um, was that one issue. I don't think that the refund policy is a bad thing. That's my stance. But there is one issue I could see happening is refunding the game and then completely tearing apart in the review section, which does yeah. hurt yeah. sales because, you know, but, I, but I do that, look at would, reviews. Would you get rid of the confirmed buyer part of that? Like, doesn't Steam have that? See, that would be an interesting They, they could hey. revoke a review. Yeah. Well, but would you, like, no, they it's a valid reason to return a game because I hated it. Like, That's that is true. A valid reason. Yeah. But if I hated it because I beat it in maybe, 90 minutes... Maybe... Let's let's think... But if you hated it and you beat it in 90 minutes, and that's one of the reasons why you hated it, what if, it wasn't a good game. Okay, what if, what if, what if, what if Steam but did this? But should you be able... Uh, what I if Steam have... did this? Hold on. What, what, what if Steam did this? What if they added, you can't place a review on a game until you've played at least two hours? I've always thought that. I think that, that that's well, a really like good that. thing. Yeah. I like that. There you go. I like and then, that and, Yeah, that's... Okay, so but, Steam, but, how, but, or pay attention. Let's, let's but, put it this way. Maybe you can't review a game until you've played over some percent of the median play. Or that, yeah, you can do that too. No True, yeah. Right, because some, some games are less than two hours. 
that meeting right. changes. So in in you know nine months after your your current, you know you using your games for example uh, as an example, sure. uh, you're currently offering a a bundle on the Weaponographist where for fourteen ninety nine somebody can buy the Weaponographist and Concursion on Steam together. Mm -hmm. yep. So. I buy that. I've been playing. I, the concursion's been out for a year, basically, right. a little bit less. But uh, I've been playing it for that entire time, and I know for a fact I don't meet the average playtime. Right. <laughs> that's so a, that's I a now good point. Well, wait. Okay, review. but doesn't yeah. Steam track? Doesn't Steam track how much of a like, uh, like how much like you were saying like. How much no, of the I mean, game has been completed percentage-wise? Well, but that's no, just achievements. Okay, true. Yeah, and it's, and then you so run into the really problem of let's say time. that let's say that Danny released Weaponographist on Steam and Humble and GOG, right. and someone bought it on GOG, and and then, and then wants to review it on Steam because Steam's the big platform. Oh, I really like this game. Oh, I can't write a review. Well, oh, yeah, then right. review it on GOG, not Steam. Th th that's well, very GOG true. Have review, but but anyway. you know what I'm saying, though. Like, my, yeah. my second point, my second point, and this is one I actually really think is a good, a very good side to this refund policy. Um, as Danny mentioned, there has been over the last couple of years this huge race to the bottom for indie games. We have talked about it several times with other developers, where everybody is, you know, we've got to get our game out there for as absolute cheap as possible because otherwise nobody's going to try it. If you have the option for a Steam refund, people are going to be more willing to shell out $20, $30, $40 for a game that is going to last them a good portion of time. I mean, there are we, we've reviewed games here on the show where we've talked about, like, wow, this was really fucking pricey for an indie game, and, uh, you know, we only got four hours of playtime out of three different runs of it, but... You know, we still recommend it, whereas with this refund policy, I think a, some, a, probably a significant portion, because I do have some hope for humanity, uh, some people are going to look at that and be like, you know what, yeah, sure, this, the, this fun little action side-scroller adventure genre-bending game called Concursion, yeah, it might be 25 bucks, but I'm, I'm willing to risk that because... I have the opportunity in the event yeah. that it doesn't deliver on the amazingness that it promises. Yeah, exactly. Um, and can, and you tell, going, can you tell I'm a fan of Concursion? <laughs> <laughs> and, and going back and going back to the point, sort of the, sort of to close out that I that I was well, that I made earlier. Yeah, okay. Oh, Josh, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say I was gonna I was gonna wrap this up because we got to move on. Oh yeah, well I was going to too. But but I had some I had something to say because okay. someone said something yeah. in the chat. Um, first of all, uh, with I think that. Overall, the, the Steam refund policy, even if there are issues with it for abuse, I think overall it is better, um, in my personal opinion. Someone in the chat, um, I think Ame in the chat, uh, posted an image of, an, of a review that, that had 0.2 hours on record for the game. Um, I'm not sure what game it is, but and it was uh, a pre-release title. It was a pre-release like review, thumbs minutes? down. It says, "Who the fuck beta tested this game? Who?" Like that's like it, it, that kind of review. I think even I know I know you brought up some good points for like having like a certain time or you know that changes with the game or whatever depending on how long it is or whatever. Um, but I still think it's a good idea because of reviews like this. It's just that's yeah. worthless. And, um, and you also and and you also have to go go into the uh, bringing back my point of even if your game is short and we all know like we've played short games and been like. Why did this game end so early? 
I wish I hadn't purchased this game. But if, if, if you, especially indie devs out there, and this is really important because we talk about a lot of awesome games on the show, but we also don't talk about a lot of games on the show because we just don't think that they are up to par the, the level. That they're not up to par with, with what we expect for if good you guys indie have games. Seen our, if you guys have seen the list of games that we have discussed on possibly showing yeah. or had submitted to it's us. It's ridiculous. What you, guys, what you guys see on the show is less, I, I'll, probably less than 20%. In the last year, yeah, exactly. And, um, and if you are, if you put out a game for five dollars, it doesn't even matter the, it doesn't even matter the price. If if someone feels cheated out of out of their money because the game was not good mm-hmm. for any reason, it doesn't even matter if it was long because long games aren't necessarily good. Skyrim, long, anyone? Exactly. Shut up. I mean that. <laughs> You know, opinion. It's, it's all opinion based. But if if you have a game that that takes an hour to play, and is like two dollars, and is fun as fuck, two dollars. No, it's, it's someone's really... gonna someone's gonna end it, and obviously someone's gonna be like, oh, I only got an hour out of that. Be right. fun. Um, but anybody speaking... who had actual fun won't be fun. <laughs> but speaking, so make better games. Hold on, hold on, hold on. No, no, no. Hold on. Someone else in chat. One more thing. Huh? Prep prep said that. Um, it also it's a good point. That's why I'm bringing this up. Uh, this could also work in in dropping the amount of money grabber devs. You know, oh, yeah, bullshit that's games. Exactly. That's a good point. Sure, um, so, and I think it really what this what what this comes down to is, I mean, for players this is obviously good, but I think it comes down to two opinions: players and game devs. And I think, I mean, we have a game dev with us. He seems to like the refund policy, right? I do. Yeah, I just flat, I I do. Also, because even like yes, I'm trying to make a living, but at the same time, I'm also still just a person and a consumer, and like yeah. I buy games too, and it's hard to argue against the idea of refunds. If stuff sucks, you should yeah. be able to get your money back. There like you go. it's just how things should work. Right. Like, and you can argue all the nuance of how it maybe ought to work. You know, music stores stopped allowing you to return CDs in the age of ripping an MP3, and that made sense. But in the end, the idea that you just can't get your money back on something that's crap doesn't feel right. So, talking about things that ending. Speaking <laughs> of getting your money back, <laughs> if you're an indie dev and uh, you release something on uh, on Desura or Indie Royale, uh, guess what? You're fucked. Um, this uh, this we we talked about this earlier, uh, but the ongoing issue with Desura specifically, uh, Bad Juju Games bought the company, and uh, devs were bitching about back in December the fact that they hadn't been paid for you know meeting their their goals for payout through Desura, and their PR person did a fantastic job of saying no you know there's we're we're working on it it's happening slowly and oh yeah and I guess we filed for bankruptcy this you know yesterday May today. 21st was it May 20 20- Wow. Oh, wait, no, 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 uh, no, 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 I lied. Sorry. That was my fault. Yeah, no, um, they filed for bankruptcy like yesterday. Yeah. So I read that. Uh, th- there is a, a good chance. Very, very good chance that uh, all of you devs out there um, that uh, put were selling your game on Desura are not going to get paid well, for that. Well, here's the thing. Uh, if this and being somebody who is currently part I, of. I, <laughs> no, p- part of a court case in regards to a company that owes me money who has filed for bankruptcy, <laughs> which I'm not going to see a cent out of that. Um, 
you know, just, and I'm not a lawyer. I don't claim to be one. This isn't legal advice. Just disclaimer, disclaimer, disclaimer. Usually what happens with, you know, uh, a company in the United States that files for bankruptcy, there is a case about assets and funds and things and that debts. you are owed and debts that go to a court. You have your the amount of money that that company owes you or you had tied into it that they were supposed to pay out to you that they didn't. And after that court case is finished, you may or may not get a get a percentage on the dollar amount that they owe you. So hopefully these devs are able to follow through with that. And the uh, both the the company that is uh, working with Bad Juju, you know, notifies them. They have to basically it's it's legal um, about that. And, you know, they put in their filings properly and they give the right things to the courts that are handling it. Um, they will hopefully get some of the money that they're supposed to get out of. Honestly, this. I hope my, my they fear get all... is. Uh, well, but, but 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 the thing is that they they most likely won't. Like that, <laughs> I I have, uh, God, this screw it. I'm just gonna say it. Mount Gox owes me sixty seven dollars of of actual U S currency. Monopoly <laughs> Shit. And and I've been getting <laughs> letters from Japan like every month. <laughs> Danny, you when I said if you're a dev that was selling something on Desura, you were all like, ah. So oh, I, we are, yeah. But well, you, so I don't know. I think the only what's interesting is, like you said, when when you know the bankruptcy proceedings, as I understand it, the debtors get prioritized and listed, and you know basically the the highest level debtors get paid out first. Mm -hmm. I got to figure the smallest level indie devs are at the bottom of that list. You've got all the tech providers, you've got all the creative, you've got all the employees, yeah. the well, landlords and landlords, you've got the big AAA game makers that which are owed so much more. You got to figure the bottom of that giant list is all the indie devs. Yeah, mm -hmm. you might get like 6 cents on thing. the dollar. The people that the people that can't really fight. But, Bro, oh yeah. But getting a check I, and I know this sounds like really I don't know, not not dismissive and not like, oh, well, you know, at least you're getting something, but like Getting a check versus not getting a check is better. Yeah, technically, yes. When it comes, when it comes to chocolate cake, is yeah. better than just getting kicked in the balls. Yeah. But if uh, and, and you know, in my research for the original for the original item, when you know devs were were complaining about this. Um, you know, there are several devs that are owed tens of thousands of dollars yeah. from Desura mm -hmm. that haven't gotten any of that, and you know, I don't. I, I feel bad as a consumer because I've bought games off Desura. And yeah, but you can't help that. No, I, but I, I, me personally, me as a individual, I have a certain expectation that when I buy a game from a developer, they're going to get reimbursed for that. I mean, that's their product. That's it, it's much like uh, you know, I I don't buy games on sale. Like unless it's a triple A trash type, I don't play. I <laughs> and my, how many and copies? Here... How many copies of Fez did I buy for people uh. at full price? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. How many copies? No, how many copies of Concursion did I? Pay yeah, there you for go. People? You did. You did it, get a lot of Concursion. Price. Copies. I've got. I've got a really big question here, and that is how much could Bad Juju fuck this up to the point where they could? I, I just want to point out. Like, 
I mean, someone in chat said that uh, is is bad juju ironic or just brutally honest? <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. But how how much could they could they fuck up? It's like, look, guys. All right, so we're taking this percentage of a cut from from every single game sold. So this is our budget. Like, how did they fuck that up? Like, wh- where did the cost come from that all of a sudden made them unable Servers. to? Overhead. Well, no, there could have there could have legitimately having having worked for a yeah. company that w- filed for bankruptcy and we were then sold as process of. Um, it could be all kinds of things. It could be something as simple as somebody at the company made a statement in a public forum th- about the history of the company, in which they admitted, you know, as kind of a this is what happened type deal that they were using equipment from a previous company that hadn't finished their contract. Like, is something as simple as a malformed sentence could end up in somebody filing for bankruptcy to try and bypass a lawsuit. Or, mm. you know, there. and I'm not saying that a lawsuit is what happened here. I, gotcha. I would like to hope yeah. that it was just mismanagement and, and, and not and, but, mismanagement but, and but embezzlement. But it sucks so bad to to assume that it's mismanagement and and somebody somewhere was basically taking these devs on a ride for but it for might, it to the tune of like thousands them, and thousands of dollars. I will give it, them. I will give them the benefit exactly. of the doubt and yeah, say exactly. that it was. It was well-intentioned, and it wasn't a malicious, we're trying to, you know, do a money grab. And to it be was just fair, so fast after it got sold, though. Like, what? November to now? Happened, yeah. But it happens. Like, and, and we were, who, who are we interviewing who, who, who made the joke that they, that they purchased Asura? I can't remember. Oh, it was uh, uh, yeah, Indie, Indie Game Stand. Right. Yeah, yeah Indie, Indie Game Stand buys Desura. And yeah, yeah. that was very Buffool's joke. And and that's sort of when, like, you know, you, you realize, like, oh, yeah, Desura gets, you know, bought and sold. So maybe Bad Juju just bought a bad investment. Well, maybe yeah, it was already a bad investment. Who looked at Desura and said, who looked at Desura and said, well, but that's maybe, a good, that's maybe a good they platform. Bought Desura and Desura was hemorrhaging money. It was already, some yeah. Direct- well, like, yeah, exactly. I so, mean, unless they completely overhauled that, like, there's no way that 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 could have competed. I, it was yeah. just, it was a dumb thing. Anyway, yeah. Moving, moving on, on. Uh, something that's not dumb, right? <laughs> uh, yes. And I know there, there's so much good news happening this week. <laughs> After weeks of no news, yeah. Like, yeah, really. all of a sudden, it's just like, the barrel. <laughs> I have a massive amount of games too to talk about. It's hard to pick. Anyway. Uh, something that's not dumb. <laughs> Indiecade has just come out with um, who they're represent, who, who, what games they're representing at E3 this year. Uh, it Indiecade's E3 Indie Showcase, and uh, it's a th- what, thirty-seven games were selected to to showcase at E3. And I'm not going to name them all because that's boring. But some <laughs> of the ones that stuck out to me, first of all, uh, home improvisation, improvisation. Home improvisations, when which to we say. talked about. Did uh, we we talk did not about talk about it yet. What we have, they were kind. Of, I, I interviewed them at Indicate East, mm-hmm. and um, they gave us Steam keys, and we're going to be talking about. Uh, we're going to be having them on the show uh, next week. Oh, cool! All right, oh. yeah. Um, <laughs> so there's that, and uh, something we did talk about. Where is it? I just saw it. Oh, Lumino City is going to be there. Oh yeah, that's good. Which is a beautiful game. Good. Uh, plug and play, gonna be there. Cool. Uh, which Starport? Which, Starport's gonna be there. 
uh, plug and play is uh, I don't did we talk about that on the show? It was a really weird indie game. <sighs> I don't. It, it's don't a we really weird indie game. Um, uh, butt sniffing pugs. We did not talk about, but I just like the name of it. <laughs> uh, I don't know if there's anything else on there that uh, that you caught your guys' eye on that list. Yeah. Uh, I mean, th- there's just so much, and you can always check it out. Um, there is a link in the description of the video if you are listening to the recorded version. Uh, and there's a link, I believe, in the live chat as of right now, possibly. Sure. Well, you can't do it because you're not a mod. Suck it. Yeah. It's not a, it's, it's not a lickable clink. It's not a lickable clink. It's not a lickable clink. Please. Uh, you know what else? You know what is lickable? Oh, no. The oh, Indie Box. I don't know. Indie Box. By the way, I feel like I, I, feel like I, need, to, I need to get it. <laughs> so we talked about this game. That was a really nice box. We did. We did. And that was one of our uh, our charity challenge games with Indie Yes, Chick. it was, and she absolutely hated it. Go figure. <laughs> well, well, in order in, to to give it a little bit of praise, it's it's the least one. It's the least <laughs> yeah, hate it's, it's gotten out of. Yeah, we've been sending games to Indie Indie Gamer Chick, and and just uh, before we go into the the uh, Revs Indie Box unboxing. Uh, we do uh, work with uh, Indie Gamer Chick on Twitter at Indie Gamer at Indie Gamer Chick, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm just making sure. Uh, her website is IndieGamerChick.com. Yeah, uh, where we um, uh, every month we choose a Starting the Riot title that we reviewed on the show, and we tell it to her. She buys the game and she reviews it on her website, and then we all donate the equivalent of the price of the game into a big donation at the end of the year that goes to the Epilepsy Foundation uh, for epilepsy. And uh, one other thing that we can talk about is that uh, as far as full disclosure with the Indie Box, we do have an affiliate link with them. It's on our website. Feel free to clink it. Support the... I pay for this out of my own pocket. They don't provide this for me. I'm not... I'm shilling this out of the amazingness that it is. I thoroughly enjoy it. And, and, you know, we've we've covered uh, Indie Box since, like, their first edition. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, not not in the same way that we are now, but, you know, Indie Box is is a great company. We have an affiliate link on the website. If you go to IndieGamerRide.com, it's on the, the right-hand side. You can click on the little Indie Box thing. You can sign up for it, and it gives us a little bit of kickback if you like to support the show, and you also want to support Indie Box and a lot of awesome indie games. Hashtag bring back the box. Yes. All right, so what do we got? We have an awesome discourse-style Indie Box sticker. Your desk is going to be fucked. Oh, my God. My <laughs> desk is... If I ever was unlazy enough to actually t- remember to take these into work, my, my desk would just be covered. Um, I have Discourse, the soundtrack, uh, 77 original songs by yeah. Jason Margasa. Just from this, um, just from this angle, that looks that looked like a lot of that songs. That is a lot of music. Uh, so, so, front cover... That is Back a lot of music. <laughs> the song. 77 songs. 77 the titles songs. Titles like Coconut Event. By the way, did we do we say th- this is discourse for those who, discourse, who are listening guys. to, to the yeah. audio version? Sorry, <laughs> it is discourse. Uh, split decision, falling from above, something's happening, lost but not forgotten. Something is definitely in those woods. I cannot wait to hear this. Um, the instruction manual this time comes in a I love awesome, that. like it looks like a That's passport cool. so that, uh, the instruction manuals like is, is it for real like 
like old no, school instruction manual like type it of is, thing? It is the old school. Like, you remember when you'd buy the old NES games or computer games? They had, like, oh, these are your controls. Here's your character. So awesome. Here's some items. Yeah, oh, you got that section in the back for taking. Oh, yeah, that no one ever oh. used. And, and it <laughs> works so well because that's the sort of game the discourse is, too. Exactly. Um, I have a uh, pin. Uh, it says, Flying with Style since 1959, Dysast Air. And oh, Disast Air. That's a really this cool is, pin. I like this how you pronounce it, Dysast Air. That, that's, that's probably it's a, like... It, it's with wordplay. A lot of, with a lot of the boxes, like a lot of the, like the, the loot boxes that, that people can buy now, and a lot of people are like, oh, the pin is dumb, or it's like, I like pins. That's a really cool pin. It's solid metal. It's not, it like, literally, I don't know if you can tell how thick that is. Yeah. But it's it's like the old school those... ones that you'd get when you actually flew on, a like, American yeah. Airlines or something. It's like pressed metal, right? <laughs> yeah, it's pressed metal. It's not one of the, like, aluminum punch ones. Yeah. Um, got a cool Discourse sticker. That's cool at all. Uh, I have I have no idea what the fuck this is. At first, when it was in the little baggie, I thought it was a... Uh, a uh, bunch of uh, oh that's disky that's disky but yeah, it looks it, like it should open it was their joke that remember in if you read any gamer chicks article she like made a big deal about the joke because it's like them it's a reference to to wilson from castaway oh God. and it was and she made it it's like it's not even a good joke it's not even <laughs> like there's no face on it disky's a dumb name <laughs> And Rev's still trying to open it. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if it actually it does, does look like cool. It, it would look like it. It would be like, sticky notes. <laughs> I like, can totally see that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It, I feel like it should open, but it doesn't appear like to, and I don't want to break it. Like this is big. Um, and then uh, the last item uh, is uh, the USB key for it, or the USB stick. It's my favorite. And uh, do, 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 do. is it upside down this time? No, you're good. Okay. So it looks like a uh, Game Boy playing discourse. That's awesome. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Hashtag webinographist. Indiebox. Contact him, Danny. Yeah. yeah. I would love to. If you guys nobody and know anybody out that way, if you guys have a hook. We know the, we know the yes, CEO. Yes, <laughs> we do. We know the oh, CEO. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> Look at us. We're important people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, you can contact them to be honest, because um, they're always looking for new games. Even if you can't be like the featured game, they a lot of times they'll like add in um, like extra stuff too. Yeah, they're they're an awesome independent company. They're down in Florida, right? Yeah, yeah. they're down in Florida. Yeah, and, and they and they operate entirely off of uh, off of volunteers for the actual boxing. Yeah. And oh, they and they do a lot of. Uh, I get what number? What number? What box? number did you get? Oh yeah. Uh, I have, this is the lowest number I've gotten yet. I have limited edition 452 out of 1,700. Oh, wow. Wow. There That's you go. Cool. Nice. This right. is my lowest numbered box yet. I'm going to get a number one. It's going to happen. No, <laughs> no, I believe I in take you. Take that back. Number one always goes to the dev. I forgot about yeah. that. Good. Oh, yeah. Good. And, and that just shows how much any box loves the dev. There you go. They, they give a lot of, they get a lot of, give a lot of money to the dev. They, you know. Yeah. Indie box. Um, <laughs> now, speaking of devs, we actually speaking have one. We have one here on the show, uh, yeah. Danny Danny Garfield uh, from Puba. That's me. But first, <laughs> before we go into this interview with Danny from Puba, um, <laughs> we're going to give away 
a copy of his game that he's going to be talking about today, Weaponographist, or The Weaponographist, I actually think is mm-hmm. the full name. <laughs> yeah. Fucking words. The Weaponographist. Um, to do that, we have, we'll, we'll go ahead and do the, I don't know, how do you want to do it? We're going to do it now, and then like halfway through the interview, just tell him to shut up and do it. Like sure. and, and like answer, have someone have like a winner or something. Because um, usually we have a break. We'll 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 do the break and then cut. We can we can cut. All right. Yeah, we'll cut right before the interview, which is what we do sometimes. But. All right. Well, I'm gonna turn on my light because I'm looking at my camera and it's getting dark in here. Yeah, you are kind of <laughs> getting getting dark in there. Anyway, uh, so for the giveaway, before we go into the interview. Uh, we're going to give out a question. There's going to be options for the people in our live chat. And by the way, if you're listening to the recorded version, there is going to be a copy reserved for one of you out there. So keep, Lucky stay tuned listeners. For there you go. Um, the question is, and this is all going to be uh, Puba related questions for their <laughs> games, Concursion and or Weaponographist. Um, how many green shards can you collect in Concursion uh, for a copy of the Weaponographist? The options are 2,319, 512, 224 or 666 because someone's cool. <laughs> so edgy. <laughs> it's funny because the actual number of the base is 616, apparently. <laughs> so I will start that right now. And what we're actually going to do is um, take a break for our live stream. But those of you listening to the recorded version, you'll just, uh, it's going to be a snap of the fingers. Seamless. And I told you for those of you recorded people, the people who listen to the recorded version, I told you it wouldn't be too long. Yeah. You missed a hell of a break, though. It was like 25 <laughs> minutes worth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, so we've got, uh, before we go into the interview with, with Danny here, uh, we had a giveaway for his game, Weaponographist, which he's going to be talking about. The question was, how many green shards can you collect in Concursion, which is Poopa's first game? Uh, 2,319, 512, 224, or 666, because Rev. Um, so the winner is Pooba Danny. Congratulations, Danny! You've won your own game. He was voted. Shit! Was a joke. I figured there was a human component. So every. So now everyone knows how much of a douche Danny is. Uh, his. His his Twitter is at Pooba Danny. Um, feel free to tweet him hate mail. Um, oh man, I'm gonna play. I'm gonna just put it on my extra machine just to make you all feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, was intentional. So not. luckily, luckily, okay, luckily, <laughs> luckily, uh, I there more than one more than him just got it right. Um, some other people got it right. So the real the real winner is. T3 Wanderer, congratulations, oh, sir. T3 you Wanderer makes out like a bandit. <laughs> yeah. Damn. I just want to see who else got it right. Preposter knows the other one that got it right. Everyone else sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, you don't. You guys are great. Yeah, we love yeah. you. Don't worry. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so T3. now an interview with a, with a, with a dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, someone else starts this. I got to whisper this to T3. Right, exactly. Uh, so we are joined. If you if you have been living under a rock or just not listening to the first so many minutes of the show, we are here with Danny Garfield. Uh, he has made such games as Recursion and the, Wait, what did you say? Concursion. Recursion. Sorry. Exactly. Exactly. He, he makes games that are really hard to say. I don't use like real words. Concursion like or weaponographist. Real words like, are passe. Like, what's the point? 
Yeah, he's that, totally so, he's so, totally like avant garde. Yeah, exactly. So, so first question: How do you come up with the names for these games? <laughs> oh man, it's it's for both of them. It was this long process of of Dave. Dave's in chat right now. Dave and I just going back and <laughs> forth and back and of forth. Dave. And um, in the end, both times I was like, I hate names. I don't know how to how to names. And I'll suggest like the dumbest thing that comes to mind. So for weaponographist, it, it ended with like a bunch of names back and forth, and I kind of threw out. The weaponographist, and he just kind of stops. It's like, what is, dude? What does that even mean? And I kind of stop. I'm like, well, it's a weapon, graphist, somebody who graphist, draw somebody who draws weapons. Ha! Huh, they draw weapons. Yeah. Uh, I just got that just now because you're explaining <laughs> it to me. Only on purpose. After Shut up, that. Rev. Next game, Xylophonics. Uh, yeah, thank you, T3. There's, there you go. Hop on that. Boom. Yeah. Sorry, uh, trademark. Here's the uh, link for you guys in the chat, by the way. Yeah. All right. Did I? There it goes. Anyway, so first thing I noticed about Weaponographist... Uh, well, actually, here. Let's do this. Danny, um, before we ask any questions, explain to everyone, in your own words, what exactly the Weaponographist is. Sure. Uh, the Weaponographist is kind of an arcade-inspired-ish, <laughs> top-down beat-em-up. Uh, you play as world-famous demon hunter Doug McGrave, super powerful, great at every weapon in the world... And just an unrepentant asshat. And uh, so Doug is very deservedly cursed. And as a result of that curse, um, all the weapons you find throughout the dungeon, swords and spears and machine guns and pogo sticks and yo-yos, they're all going to very quickly dissolve and fall apart in your hands. But on the bright side, every enemy is going to drop something new for you to use. So it's all about, you know, kill one enemy and pick up that new thing and adapt and adapt and go as fast as you can because... uh, Literally, a big mechanic of the game is the faster you go, the stronger you get. And if you slow down, um, the curse slowly saps your strength, and you can lose experience and levels and de-level. And so it's go, 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 fight, 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 adapt, and go, and kill, and smash, and demons. I really <laughs> like that concept, actually. It's uh, yeah. the fact that you have to like constantly adapt to new weapons because it's going to fall apart. That's really cool. It's a lot more of a like a like a forced gameplay mode, like like aspect of, of gameplay that that's put into the game versus like oh yeah the longer the game happens the harder things get it's like no yeah. you have to move faster you're fucked now right. <laughs> one thing i noticed about the game is it's it has uh, some similarities to something like uh, binding of isaac did you take inspiration from that um yes in part just I from the just from looking at yeah it. uh for me a bigger one was smash tv if you're familiar okay. with it back super okay. nintendo era yeah mm-hmm. um it's kind of got this really good arcade feel of like fast constant engagement enemies are like pouring out at you and they never <laughs> stop coming and uh it, it doesn't necessarily have a combo mechanic but it's definitely like if you stop to take a breath you die and so uh bonnie Vizer, i do i love that game i think it's brilliant in so many ways um but one thing it's not in my mind is fast and yeah. like for me i like to i like a game to be like kind of white knuckle the whole time and it, it's yeah. not good or bad it's just what i tend to prefer to play and um so yeah just trying to recreate that sort of like constant stress situation yeah, awesome. So, yeah. so you mentioned you mentioned Smash TV in uh, in my background research for this. Uh, one of the uh, the biggest complaints, and I don't know is that if it should qualify as a complaint. Okay. But one of the biggest complaints that I've I've seen in all of my research into Weaponographist is. This is an updated and modern version of Smash TV. This sucks. And I, I, I say that, like, it makes me laugh because, you know, it is, uh, you heard me, everybody heard me during the, uh, earlier in the show and in between segments. Um, I'm a big fan of, of your guys' work so far. I, 
I have yet to have a bad experience and it's like the 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 question that I that I want to pose is you guys seem to have this uh predilection for mashing things that you wouldn't necessarily see mashed together together Mm -hmm. and doing so well so what what is it about the the design process that leads you guys you and your team to a making fantastic games but doing so in a way that kind of takes the general expectation of what something is and modifying it, it modifying modifying it in in a unique manner um i think we're both really passionate about doing things that we feel like haven't really been done. And I mean, obviously every, every game and every good idea and every movie and books kind of sits on the shoulders of the giants that came before it. But, um, we're both, I think really passionate about trying to find a new twist and find a new thing. Um, I know like right now we're kind of just theory crafting on potential game threes and kind of going down a couple parallel roads. And one thing we'll often do is be like, we'll stop and chat and be like, ah, it's been done. And like, it shouldn't be a deal killer, but for us, it, kind of often is and and like i don't know maybe that's pretentious there's no good reason that should be a deal killer for us, well but. but i mean you know in the in the quest to make a game that you really want to play mm-hmm. and then then put up with a with a game idea versus a game that you can download and boot up on your computer or your your console like i mean i, I that's kind of a really important thing like it might seem pretentious but all of a sudden you know it becomes really clear it's like oh it's already been done would people want to play this new one or, you know, they already have the old one. Why don't they just play that and have fun already? Right. So, and I mean, maybe that's just playing to at least what I consider to be our strengths is like, I, certainly there are games that are like mechanically done again, mm-hmm. but are running amazing. And jumping. You know, like maybe, maybe <laughs> yeah, it controls and jumping. better. Well, exactly. Like, I don't know. Super Meat Boy is Super Mario World, but it handles yeah. like a dream, and that's what makes it great. Like well, that's what I mean. Sure, same thing with Shovel Knight. I mean, it was a SNES game that took SNES everything and just made it modern. Right. So and so, like, I mean, between it's not a game is not just its mechanics. It's you know, it's it's its art and its music and it's its gameplay feel and its level design and a million other things. But for me, like one of my passions is mechanics, and so like often. Like, especially in, like, the really early <coughs> stages of a game, like, I won't have any idea how anything is supposed to look or what the story is, but I'll have, like, the whole mechanics bedded <laughs> out. And, and, like, I know Dave is the opposite. Dave cares a lot about the story. Uh, Dave, I've referenced a few times who I work with. And, like, both of us look at the other and kind of go, like, you don't have a game idea there. There's no, Like, he'll only have a story and I'll only have a mechanic. And both of us are like, your idea is poo. That's not an idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's poo. <laughs> Quote. Uh, so someone in chat, uh, who was it? T3. Um, had a question. <coughs> he said, what would be the game style you'd want to make if given the opportunity? You mean other than the games that he's already made? Right, like what would be like, like unlimited your... Budget, like unlimited unlimited, uh, unlimited resources. Ooh. What would be like something that you would... I mean, if truly unlimited, like I love RPGs. I, I love classic, like turn-based, slow-plotty mm-hmm. RPGs. And um, Dragon I, I constantly find myself like writing up ideas for mechanics for them. And then trying to find what it's actually that's, that's hard kind of to how do how the started is like starting with an idea and then like 
burning it down to the core of the idea and wait trying to refine it into something. Wait a minute, you just hold on. You just <laughs> wait. I just you, so you wait. You love white knuckle games, but you like slow plotting. I like both. All right. between. It's either I, I'm going to be alone. sitting here for eight hours, or I'm going to be shitting myself the entire time. <laughs> yeah, but I, th- I think I'm the backward of most people. Like if I'm alone playing one player, I want like super stressy, fast paced. <laughs> If I'm playing with friends, we sit around and play RPGs and chat over them. <laughs> all right. Fair enough. Everyone has their style of gaming. That's all right. Um, and, uh, well, what about what about the RGR crew? We'll, we'll answer that in in, the, uh, in, the, in, the in between because, you know, this is Danny's thing. So don't worry. We'll get back to that. Yeah. Um, yeah, remind us. My next question. Concursion released uh, not so very long ago in terms of dev cycle. And yeah. that, was a, that was a fairly in... in Tense game in terms of what you guys were doing with it, its concept and design. This seems to be also relatively <laughs> intense in concept and design, sure. uh, and it was released at the end of April of this year. Mm-hmm. So, how how long exactly was the dev cycle for this? And do you think you're gonna match that for your next game? Uh... <laughs> I hope so. I think so. Um, yeah, this game went quick. I'd say it was an eight-month dev cycle, maybe a bit more when you count like wow. the waiting before you know you're done, and then it's like, wow, but we have to pick the right date to release, and we have to start you know amping up our PR cycle. Harder. Well, how long? How much of that is like uh, like bug fixing and all that, like beta testing? Uh, it's pretty pretty distributed. I'd say. Um, I mean, our whole QC team is one person, and our whole dev team is one person. <laughs> so um, they, they happen pretty concurrently. We, um, you know, from from the time we have a working prototype, QC begins really, which I'm sure is true of every game in the world. Mm. But uh, but it's constantly ongoing. Um, I'd say four or five months into the dev cycle, we started doing play testing, and a lot of that was like placeholder arts. Like you know, we wouldn't have a satyr throwing boomerangs around we had a red rectangle that throwed green rectangles. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, you knew it was going to be there, but <laughs> right and. Yeah, we tend to have a lot of the mechanics and, and game itself done before we have the art done, and that's just because we we tend to partner up with really good local artists, but they're not like in the room with us. I was gonna say I, I the I was gonna mention the art in this game. Um, not that Concursions was bad, but I like this the art in this one a lot better. Um, Thank you. It's it's really good it's art. A different, it's a different if it's it's a different style and it fits it fits the genre a bit. Yeah, like I'm not gonna say better because <laughs> Concursion was I've heard me raving about it. If you haven't played Concursion, go buy it now. God damn it! <laughs> uh, you can get but, a bundle on Steam for fifteen dollars. <laughs> yes. No, go buy it for full price. Oh, that's true. Yeah, mm-hmm. but <laughs> also go buy the weaponography. Anyways, um, <laughs> uh, no, the the art style for this is is it it, it seems to match the the theme for it. And I, I, I really love, I love the way you guys just everything ties yeah. together in your game. The art right? in this verges on uh, Castle Crashers. I mean, not not the characters okay. themselves, but like just the the, the quality, uh, the quality, and and, and the, the aesthetic sort of. Right, the aesthetic is. I, I think the aesthetic would be yeah. a close, yeah. better word than quality. Right. I didn't like. I didn't personally think that the art. That's in true. Castle yeah. No. Exactly. Very good. Really. And I'm. I, and and. Ouch. I, I am really glad that. I don't know. I, I say that, and I love pixelated games, but I, I like that you guys are really just doing your own thing, and are not like, oh yeah, hey, you know, this is really, you know, and everyone loves nostalgia. Everyone loves those games that like look and feel like the old games, but like, mm-hmm. 
th this just feels like something fresh and new and that everybody should like you know enjoy now you know mm. i i think uh, like for better or worse we're just trying to make something that we think is fun like something we want to play yeah. like if we're not giggling while we're coming up with the characters and things then we're probably not doing it right that's <laughs> yeah. probably not true for every game like what witcher a dramatic game they probably shouldn't be giggling while they come up with all the characters <laughs> yeah. that's kind of the tone time? we go for is yeah exactly so evil dog productions in the uh in the chat <laughs> on the live chat has asked how do you guys pull an audience for Weaponographer, weaponographist. Sure. Jesus, get um, the names right. I, come on, <laughs> come <laughs> on. It's <laughs> it's not that hard, damn it. It is right that hard. In the notes. I'm not looking at the notes. I'm looking at the chat. <laughs> I'm looking at our pretty faces. <laughs> weaponographist. How do you pull an audience for this game? Um, we just try to be real visible, I guess. I don't know. Like you can find us on everywhere. You know, we put out YouTube dev diary videos every week and you know talk about what we're working on we're on twitter all the time we're running a contest right now for some uh fans and players of weaponographist uh, you just, show up uh, on podcasts <laughs> yeah well i was gonna say i guess i'm doing it right now right yeah <laughs> um yeah just like i'm I'll, I'll only speak for me but i'm really passionate about what we do like my goal is i don't think we're ever going to be a millionaire for what we're making but like if we can make enough to keep doing it then that's perfect and so like i'm just genuinely enjoying it and passionate about what we're making so like I, I'm happy to ramble on about our games all day. Anybody will have me. I'll happily join them. <laughs> yeah. And so I guess and that, that's yeah. the biggest part of it. And that's like the 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 spirit of the indie dev that I guess a lot of people in who who are just sort of at a glance looking at the indie community as a whole, like devs and and gamers uh, to, as, as a whole. Like they they don't necessarily like see that deep because everyone's so used to the the million dollar budgets and the and the multi million dollar payoffs, but but but, but they don't look at the at the two man dev team that's making <laughs> game that makes them giggle when they when they try to plan it. <laughs> yeah, and that's like the soul of the indie community that just just makes everything so much so much and more worth it. Speaking speaking of uh, I mean coming up with like the the enemies and things like that, the bosses in this are really cool. Like, uh, first of all, what's your favorite boss that you've made in this game? In this um, game? And uh, what kind of inspired that boss or some of the bosses <laughs> that you've created? Creatively, like aesthetically, I think my favorite boss is, Dave just said it in chat, is Chundersaurus. It's our, probably our <laughs> first boss. He's a giant, I love the name. <laughs> bionically augmented barfing T-Rex. <laughs> just barfs enemies at you. Um because I think that's really funny. Just saying it out loud is really funny. Chundersaurus. Um, and originally, he in our, in the code and in our design docs, his name is Tyrannosaurus because he's like an explorer. But um, when we brought the game to uh, Resd in in London, I, I flew out there and we brought it to the show and had a bunch of players. Um, the name Chundersaurus caught on, and I thought that was hilarious. And like that's its name now. That's the official name. <laughs> yeah. of you can't change that's it. A good you one. just embrace it at that point. Right. There you go. Uh, fan influence in the game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was like just a few weeks before we came out. We're like, screw everything. Oh, and, that's, and going to, by the way, to answer, to continue off of Evil Dog's question, um, going to con conventions. Yes. Yeah. Really helpful. <laughs> a ton so, of fun. Really helpful for development, too. Like, if you're bringing a game that's not quite done, it can be hard to find playtesters when you're such a small team. Like, you've got friends and family, mm -hmm. but, you know, not all of them are gamers, and you've got, you know friend bias yeah and so you know i've 
got a notepad I bring and just like, they don't even know I'm watching them. <laughs> That's my favorite part because we'll be like scouting at, at conventions when we go for press. Uh, I don't know if you remember at MAGFest, we'd be scouting out the games from behind. And you'd see like, you'd see like the dev like over the person's shoulder. They don't even know <laughs> that they're there. Just like, yeah, okay. Oh, yeah. shit, that's broken. Uh, so, hey, our, uh, several people in our audience are like, hey, we'll, we'll, we'll test play anything you, uh, you need. But, uh, we T3 can do that, yeah. <laughs> T3 Wonder actually came up, has a good question. Um, how did the first commercial game that you made come about? <laughs> Which I'm pretty sure that was Concursion, yeah? Uh, well, our first, yeah, our first standalone game as Poobai, uh is Concursion. I guess technically probably my first commercial game was uh, for a number of years prior, I was working at a post-production place doing work for like Disney and Universal and stuff like that. So oh, snap. it's probably a WALL-E game actually on a Blu-ray <laughs> disc, like for on the Blu-ray because everyone loves Blu-ray video games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we made like a suite of. It's gonna five be on your. It's gonna be games. on your epitaph, known for yeah. Wally Blu-ray game. Yeah. If you play, oh crap! Uh, uh, doorbell is it not possible to run away. Can I run away? I have to. I'm sorry. Run away. We'll uh, yeah, run away. We can. This is the first time doorbell. We'll get happened. naked. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna yeah. be right back. I'm gonna run. Uh. Anyway, the the most important okay. question that I guess Indie Game Riot has for indie devs and anybody that we bring onto the show is. What is your favorite or most memorable moment that that you have within the indie game community? Like, was it a, yeah, like any any moment that sticks out to you? Ooh, there's a there's a hand. Indie three was actually a really really amazing time. Um, like, connected God, with a lot of people. Smoke there. that was really cool. Just the amount of like chat feedback and the amount of like outpouring of support that came during and after that was really cool. Um. But I'm going to say screw that, so I say something more recent. Um, <laughs> PAX East we went to, and, and it, I guess it's for kind of the same reasons, but PAX East was amazing. We went, uh, I guess it was just about two months ago. Um, we brought the weaponographist, and um, it was like a small booth. It was actually, it, by luck, it was kind of visibly positioned, but we just brought like two monitors, and we brought a convention special demo, and we did a little contest where we were giving free copies of the game to like the fastest runners of the day each day. And um, what was crazy is like we had people come on day one and like we chat with them and like I met a dude who was interested in learning code so we ended up talking back and forth and we ended up like emailing afterward and like sharing like some resources for learning code and there was like I guess the quick version is there was people who came on day one who like came back on day two and then came back on day three and four like that's crazy to me because like time at a convention is so precious there's so many games to play and so many things to do like the fact that they found our game interesting enough and like i don't know our relationship cool enough to like come back and visit again and like some people played 15 and 20 times through the whole demo wow event. yeah it was like that that's kind of feedback you can't fake and it was just really cool like yeah, some of those fact people, that they, people playing in our tournament the fact that they're yeah. that interested in the game you know what i mean so yeah the, the, and and <laughs> that, that that's really awesome and, and i it kind of sucks too and, and i know this it's like a double-edged sword being in the position that 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 Josh Rev and I are in, especially when we go to conventions, because now when we go to conventions, we're representing a website and a podcast, right. and you know we have a camera and and you know equipment and a card, and we have to talk to people and we have to play so many games in such a short amount of time. But like 
you know, when, when, and I know, I know Rev has, you know, has that same feeling. And I know, I know Josh has the same feeling where mm. we've played games at conventions where we wish we could go back and play. And, you know, mm. we were lucky enough to be able to, to talk to the devs uh, at the conventions that we, we attended. But like, it, it, that conventions are, are one of those things where, yeah, there's the, they're the big famous people doing the panels. And yeah, there's all that cool stuff that you can buy. Uh, and they're, you know, depending on where you go, it's like, oh yeah, there's an arcade and yeah, there, there, there's free stuff. But the, the meeting with the indie devs who, who have poured their, their souls into <laughs> these games and, and, and hearing what they've been doing and how much they genuinely care and how far they've traveled <laughs> and, you know, how, how unaccustomed to the weather they are in this yeah. state is, is just like, so, you know, it, it's, I don't know if it's like refreshing or just you, you know it it just feels so good. <laughs> no. Yeah, it does. If you, I mean indie devs is a community, but it's a community of a lot of people who are kind of isolated. Like indie dev is not working at a 100 man company where you've got friends in a lunchroom. It's typically yeah. a handful of guys in a room. So like those opportunities to reach out and hook up and realize like oh shit, we're all on the same page and we're all doing this and like we're all there. Uh, yeah, it's pretty huge. And so uh, I have I, I have my my customary. Uh, I, normally, I would ask, you know, who's got the biggest wing, but we already answered that. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let uh, me just put it. Right there, the <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> uh, but uh, but but the uh, the question that I put forward to my personal circle of friends and and folks that they want me to ask every developer: okay. uh, When you wipe, do you fold or crumple? Oh, fold! You gotta fold. If Who you are the fold, crazy how, people? How are we gonna look back on it and know when you're done if you crumple? <laughs> okay, like, who, are the, who are the crazy people who crumple? Seriously, I, you crumple. You fold and then crumple. <laughs> no, you crumple fold and then drop. If you crumple when you're done, it's on your hands. What, you don't, like, what? <laughs> I use a bidet, damn it. <laughs> oh, yeah. fancy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, California uh, fancy right there. So one one last thing, um, one last thing before we wrap up the interview. Uh, someone in the T3 in the uh, chat asked, um, if you have any research or re resources that you turn people to when they ask, you know, uh, as, so let me turn that into a more general question. Um, what, what are some words, that, wise words that you have for aspiring game devs and, uh, some advice and things like that? Um, I guess my basic advice and like the advice I give most often is that you probably at any level of expertise, whether you're the like utmost beginner or like really advanced, you probably know a hell of a lot more than you realize you do and like that's the boat i found myself in is like i warned dave who's you know works with me like when we started this like i think i can make a game but uh there's a chance i can't make crap and then we're out on our ass so you want to join but like the act of committing and like starting a thing forces you to learn what you don't know like it's easy to stand back before you begin and be afraid of those few things that you don't know and think of them as like show-stopping reasons not to start. But once you start and you have to figure them out, like you know so much more than you don't know. You know what I mean? Like yeah. our game's built on, you know, pick a graphics framework. I'd never used it. But screw that. You know, like everything else that surrounds it. And like it, it's easy to look at a small bit and think I can't do this because of that. But in the end, like digging in forces you to figure it out and it just comes together. 
Awesome. So so be that, bold. That's that's so, that's probably like just important advice for anybody in life ever. Like not not to say that it isn't worth anything. That's probably the most important advice you'll ever get. If you take a like, break, if, if you take a break from uh, game dev, you can always go uh, talk to like graduates or, and, or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, your friend. This Lastly, is, this is Danny. Uh, buy the Weaponographist. It's live on yeah. Steam, nine ninety nine. It is available for Windows or Mac. Um, they're also selling a package that I disagree with, but only because you should go buy the other game <laughs> by itself. Weaponographist and Concursion for fourteen ninety nine. The soundtrack is available for an extra five dollars, and uh, they just released their first basically DLC yeah. that it's free. It's a content update, so. Check, check it, it out. out, Danny. Thank you so much for joining us for the interview. Like this is, I, I'm so stoked that you can join <laughs> yeah. us. Yeah, thank you guys. Seriously, yeah, thanks for having me. It's we're really excited to, uh, we're really excited to see where what comes out from Pooba next, and uh, we really love your game so far. You know what else we're excited about? A giveaway is a giveaway. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> one last not to steal it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah Danny's gonna steal this one too. So sorry, kids. Um, <laughs> so this one is again. Uh, uh, Another question or another giveaway for the weaponographist, what we just talked about. The question is, um, <clears throat> what's the name of the third boss in the weaponographist? And uh, the options are Ice King, Chillax, Chundersaurus, or Dark Butt. <laughs> So, uh, we'll we'll hold that we'll hold that contest over the break and announce the winner right before starting the riot. And uh, but but speaking Steve. of starting the riot, Steve, <laughs> starting the riot, starting the riot. All right, this week on starting the riot, we are talking about a double fine game. Uh, it's been a while since we talked about a double fine game, and and but before to be honest, that, but, uh, good, good, thank you, thank you for reminding me. But before that, we're going to announce the winner of, uh, of 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 the giveaway. Thank you for words, um, for another copy of the weapon. We- f- <laughs> See <laughs> the See, weaponographer. It's not as easy as you think it is, huh? The weaponographer. <laughs> I don't know why you didn't learn this word in grade school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, to remind you, the question is, what is the name of the third boss in the weaponographist? Ice King, Chillax, Chundersaurus, or Dark Butt? <laughs> dark Butt! Dark Butt! <laughs> of course butt. Dark Butt, no. Come on, uh, Dark Butt! So, uh, the answer was Chillax. And a good amount of people got that right. So, the winner is Preposterone. Preposterone! Preposterone! Yeah. Whoop, whoop! Congratulations, sir. It is yours to play. Um, just, now, just to let everybody know, Hitbox, for those of you in the recorded version, thinking, hey, binge watching the show. Like, hey, Preposterone <laughs> wins a lot of games. And he's, your, and he's a thing of the thing. It's like, no, the 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 way that, that Hitbox works is there's a multiple choice. They select it and it randomly picks someone who got it right. Uh, we don't have any say in who wins other than we give them the code when they win, except for Danny. <laughs> yep. I'm the best. I win. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, you know what? I'm Side the best. I win. Side Go. note, we were so busy teasing Danny for winning that we didn't announce the correct answer to how many green shards can you collect in concursion. The Good correct point. answer for that was 224. <laughs> yeah. 224. 224. Um so anyway, back to starting the riot. Uh and I'll get you don't worry prep, I'll get your code once we're done with this. Um 
Actually, sorry, right. So we're, it's another it's another double fine game. We don't we, we it's been a while since we talked about it. And to be honest, I actually uh, have been kind of like standoffish with with double fine because double fine. We talk about like what is an indie developer. And they're that borderline, um, and they're case. very borderline. And we try and we try to feature games that um, don't necessarily need or that that need our you know uh, yeah. what am I trying to say? Our they don't support, have multi million dollar marketing right. budgets. A lot of pe- everyone's going to hear about Double Fine, but the reason I brought this on is because first of all, there's a ton of games. We're we're going to go through them. Don't worry. But <laughs> Massive Chalice for me anyway. Um, I don't know what you guys think about it, but for me, Massive Chalice is like a really good combination of games for me, and it looks fantastic. And uh, it's it's probably the most excited I've been about a um, about any Double Fine game. I mean, Broken Age I was pretty excited about just because I like those kinds of adventure kind of games, but mm. but this is really cool um, uh, yeah. game. So let me bring I up can, some gameplay. While Josh is doing that, I can honestly say that. This game, it could possibly be the redeeming value of Double Fine after their last the, the last two release. games that they but, canceled after and and that and and it's really unfortunate that I have to say that because I I really in, liked Double Fine, you know, back in the day, back in the PS2 <laughs> era, and and that's what everybody was and that's what everybody was looking for, and now I think Double Fine is finally like. The, you know, cut off all the fat and stop the bullshit, and finally released a game that people might actually want to play. Yeah, <laughs> and I know that sounds really bad. Well, and, and kind of shit talking double fine. I mean, that, but... th- like something like Broken Age, that was kind of like adventure games are kind of their shtick, right? Um, yeah. So I mean, well, they were, well, okay, Psychonauts. Psychonauts was not. I mean, it was adventure, but it wasn't like point like that kind of adventure. Yeah, um, but they were adventure. <laughs> but they, I mean, they had. I'm not sure if they have ties professionally, but they have a lot of inspiration from something like Monkey Island. Yeah. So I mean, it's kind of like uh, people expect that from. So, but anyway, Massive Chalice. Um, I'm really excited about this game uh, because it kind of it. it, it combines a lot of really cool game mechanics. I mean, you were talking about game mechanics, Danny. This is a this is a cool one. So maybe uh, take some inspiration from this if you like it. Um, permadeath, because there's a little bit... I don't know, every game has to have permadeath nowadays. But, yeah, that, that's like the new thing. That's the new... But that's what, the new jump what, on platforms, pixelated. What makes it good um, is that there's they have this bloodline genetics thing that you kind of seen in Roguelike, or, or Rogue Legacy, Rogue I mean, um, where you get... It's randomly generated where you get heroes, um, you can marry them together, and which, by the way, there's there's a game that we didn't talk about but it was sent to me, um, Hero Generations, which has this exact same mechanic before this came out, by the way. But anyway. <laughs> um, but you get a genetic code for every hero, and the heroes uh, can end up with the best uh, gameplay-impacting traits uh, inherited from the heroes from before their parents, or they could get the worst one. So you never know. There's that that randomization that you have to adapt to. Um, and then if you get attached to them, there's permadeath. I mean, they could die in battle, or they could die of old age, right? Um, there's also really what I really like too is that there's bloodline relics they call them. So if a hero does really well, they they they're like super legendary. Everything that they do in a game. Uh, their weapon become could become a, a relic, and it could be passed down to uh, any other kind of character, um, or anything like that. So it, I think that's really cool. Um, and then the strategy of the game is also because of the whole 
bloodline type of deal, um, the strategy kind of expands over a long amount of time while you're playing the game. You can't, you have to look at the big picture uh, with a lot of the choices that you're, uh, that you're trying to make during the game. And and I think that's one of the cool things that, that this tactical, it's basically, it it is a tactical kind of game. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm not, I don't really like tactical RPGs, but Chroma Squad. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Chroma Squad was one of those like sort of eye openers where it's like, maybe I really do like tactical, tactical RPGs. And the, the way that this game handles a lot of things over such the span of time that, that this game takes place, uh, it, it keeps it interesting enough for me to to be like engaged in the actual gameplay because there has to be something that that draws me to a tactical RPG game and if it's just like it's a tactical RPG it just doesn't do it for me but there's enough here that keeps you interested that should really be looked into I know you I know you don't really like the tactical kind of games right because of uh, uh, not, the speed of it? Uh, partially the speed, partially... Uh, I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the, the permadeath that does it for me or the the fact that I, I just... I think I'm permadeath works in this the, just because of the... It, it does, exactly. It, it, because of the bloodline thing, so... Yeah, and, 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 and permadeath isn't like this thing that becomes a problem and it's something to avoid. It's more of just a... There's a word that I'm looking for. <laughs> uh, it's like, it, I was like, hello? <laughs> yeah, it, it, it becomes more of a feature than a like a, a, a detriment to your team. It's like, oh, you know, oh, she's dead. I'm screwed for the entire game. Restart. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, Can I ask a dumb question? Yes. Go for it. What game would you care compare Master Chalice to most like? I, I ask naively because I've been interested, but I don't really have a sense of how it plays. Um. There came an echo might be a good one, although the what? The, the bloodline thing doesn't really pass it's over basically through that game. There came an echo meets. Uh, I wish I could say Hero Generations, but not a whole lot of people know about the game. Well, it's a combination of Rogue Legacy and There Came an Echo, and uh, I guess XCOM sort of also. Bit, I mean, anytime you have like a technical RTS, yeah. XCOM. Comes what to what mind. was the what was the game the the spy corporation game that we covered a few months ago? Oh, there, uh, there came an echo. No, it was a different no, no, one. No, no, you're thinking something Inc. Yeah, oh, something invis- Inc. Invisible Inc. Invisible Inc. Yeah. yeah, also similar to that. I never said it out loud, and I just realized, like the writing on paper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? Like invisible when you write with Invisible Ink. Oh, yeah, oh, exactly. oh, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Slow to the draw. So, some information on Massive Chalice. Of course, it's from Double Fine. Um, everyone knows them. It is currently on sale, fifteen ninety nine on Steam, um, but the usual price is nineteen ninety nine uh, for Windows, Mac, and Steam Play. <laughs> uh, you can also get it on Humble Bundle. And uh, I think it's coming. I think it's on. It's uh, on Xbox One. Xbox One. There. Yeah. You, why not? Why Xbox One? Why it's because PS4? you have to release on Xbox. You True. Have to release on Xbox One first. True. Story. But you also have to release on PlayStation Four first too. So. Yeah. Well. Okay. That's yeah. so dumb. Anyway. It is very dumb. Um. I'm really. I don't know. I personally really excited about this game. I mean, you're watching the gameplay right now, and there's a lot of. It's it's a pretty big map. A lot of gameplay. A lot of replayability. 
because it, it's since it's randomly generated with the whole uh, bloodline type of thing. Yeah. And uh, I like the challenge that it brings with that uh, you don't yeah. necessarily get good and, heroes. And and I will say that the the interface that it presents you is very intuitive. Like th- this isn't a game where you're going to have to pull out a book and start flipping through pages like, okay, how do I do this? How do I do that? If you're familiar with tactical RPGs, it's laid out in front of you. It's very easy to understand. If you've played one in the past, it's, you know, you don't even have to like, if it's your first tactical RPG or if it's, you know, one of many that you have in your library, you'll understand how to play. And, you know, it's not, it's not a struggle to, to learn. Yeah. Which uh, Which is a really good thing to have. The uh, you can get the soundtrack for uh, six ninety nine as the full price. Uh, along with that, which is like considered DLC on Steam, um, and the art in this game is interesting. I don't. How do you guys feel about this art? It's it, double it's, fine. It, it, it's like a it's like a cross between uh, typical fantasy, like steampunk fantasy, and papercraft. Oh yeah, I can see that. Yeah, okay. I can see. It kind of, I mean, it's not papercraft, but it because has the feel not, of it. But it's like it's, not it's the... like the merger. Like, well, look at okay, the little so, baby in the gameplay. So if, 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 <laughs> if Lord of the Rings, if Lord of the Rings and hand drawn art, like fucked with a papercraft doll, yeah. this it, is kind of what it, you get. It's sort of like the antithesis of what low poly can be, because yes, it's low poly, but it's very high resolution uh, textures. Yeah. So, yeah. Take it that way, you. you will. You can obviously see it on screen. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it, it's beautiful. Uh, I, I I like the the interaction. I do I do enjoy the depth that the game provides. Yeah. Um. Even even outside just the base level, there is a a deeper meta game that just kind of appeals to the dyscalculic asshole in me. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, this character needs to die soon so their relic can be passed on to a better person. <laughs> so any, I mean, uh, it's not a whole lot more to say. We explained the, what the game is and, and the information on it. It's double fine. A lot of people are going to hear about it. But I just wanted to point it out there because when they make a good game, they make a good game. Yeah. Um, any, any last words about Massive Chalice? Um... You know, I think that for the $20 price point, it's bringing uh, an all right level of game for the price point. I know we talked about this I always earlier, look at replay. I always look uh, look at the amount of play time when you when you talk yeah, about a price and, for a game. And obviously $20 and not on sale is It's high replayability, so But but if you purchase it on Steam, there is a refund policy if you play less than two hours. Now, just remember, if you abuse that policy or you are a, you have been VAC banned, you will not I, be able to. I will say, yeah. oh, I will say really? I they're counting VAC bans? Yep, they're counting yeah. VAC bans. Interesting. That, yeah, if you've been VAC banned for a game, you're, you're not eligible. But um, for, for that game, you're not eligible for a refund. Oh, okay. oh right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. I, I will say this: I have never been disappointed by a double fine game that actually met release. <laughs> <laughs> but really, this game has been in development for so long. Like, <laughs> but but you know, all jokes aside, you know, if you think that this is something that you're into, if you like tactical RPGs, definitely take a look into it. Uh, yeah. You know what? You know what? You should look into inside the peep show. Peep a show. Peep show? Oh. Please give all your attention to 
early access. And this week on Peep Show, we have a game called Curious Expedition. Uh, you take the role of a of an expedition gone to faraway lands to procure treasure, as in the vein of uh, Indiana Jones, I guess. <laughs> you're, you're, <laughs> you are trying to win fame by going to faraway lands and you know basically just stealing all the native stuff and bringing it back for fame. <laughs> But here's okay. Here's here's one of the draws for me in this game. Yeah. It, it's not that you're playing explorers on this expedition. <laughs> it's not that you're playing actual people from the 19th century. It's that you're playing actual people from the 19th century that are just off the wall. <laughs> Johan Tusinga. You you Who? play as Ada Lovelace, Marie Curie. Uh, how about uh Harriet Tubman? <laughs> Come on, like you're, you're yeah. It's, Who doesn't remember bit... the famous explorer Harriet Tubman? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, 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 explored a few paths from the south to the north of the current. <laughs> Charles Darwin, yeah, exactly. the heart of England. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is a, uh, I guess, an adventure chance roguelike uh, with some. I don't want to say it has four X elements because it's really not. Uh, a 4x game but it has sort of that uh old older school like nes map exploration that you would find um in i can't you know i i honestly can't remember the games right now but if if, once you see the gameplay you'll understand of the the (laughs) the the overworld (laughs) no exactly (laughs) Uh. uh and and so you are you're an adventurer. You you want to bite off more. You want to find more riches. You want to kill more wolves and go deeper and, you know, replace those awesome, you know, relics with a sandbag and just ever so carefully slide it off and then avoid the boulder. <laughs> um, this game is is uh, in, in the in the one that we didn't end up using, this is the game that I never know. I never knew I wanted to play. <laughs> um, this reminds because... me a lot of, Oh man, crap. I was going to mention the game and now I can't think of the game. It's a really old, like, I don't know if it was DOS or if it was slightly after DOS. Not oh, Catan. They're not, 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 no, that's the wrong one. Uh, Oregon trail. Well, kind of, but not, not almost quite. Yeah, it's like that was the first, like, when I first looked into this game, I was just like, oh, Oregon Trail, redone. And I'm like, no, there's so no, much deeper. more here. That's deeper. That's, it, why I, yeah. that's why I feel like uh, Rev's gone, by the way. Yeah, we have lost Rev. That's why if the cameras are off, that is why. Um, yeah. Once he comes back on, you'll it'll go back to normal. It'll but anyway. Fix. But no, it was uh, it, 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 something slightly after. I think it might have been like like right after dusk. But I remember playing <sighs> it like on some like old Mac. But anyway. uh. I really like the. I mean, there's an interesting style to this game. Um, yeah. What's that? The Nomoria has that kind of a yeah like, mm-hmm. art style to it. Yeah. Um, and I mean, did they have a demo of this game? I forget. Uh, I don't believe they did. Damn it! No. Right. Well, anyway, the uh, they did win a lot of um awards. I mean, you okay? You were mentioning we're not going to name the name because yeah. 
because we're not. But yeah, you were mentioning that there was a quote that from from a thing on their page that you didn't like. Yeah. But the, I was saying, too, in response to that, that first of all, they're going to put anything positive on their site. Why not? Uh, it doesn't matter who yeah. it's from um, because it looks good for them. Exactly. But they, to to further their, because this is in early access, to further their yeah. reputation and, and taking a chance on buying it. By the way, Steam refunds if you don't like it after two hours. Yeah, but to to buy it now is that they are winning awards. Um, yeah, and and it's right all in so it's all in German. This but. this is freaking. I I don't feel like this game has ever been done before. I don't know, you know, Danny. We were talking about you know finding a game that you haven't. You know what the hex map yet. looks like? Yeah. What does it look like? Like old civilization, like old civilization. Yeah, I can see that. Like not how you interact with it, but no, sort, no, no, sort but of just how the it, way it looks. Yeah, exactly. Map, and I can't help but think, in a good way, Settlers of Catan, just because of the hex grid map. Yeah. Well, it really, it, like like I said earlier, it really harkened me back to the to the NES games where you would be there. There was a town here and a town there, and to get to that, you would go to the overworld map and walk from place to yeah, place, yeah, and yeah. then and then along the the way there would be a random encounter, like old school RPGs, like old old old. Um, yeah, I get you. I know yeah. what you're talking about now. Yeah, exactly. And and the the, the journey. <laughs> He's having fun with the cameras because they're messed yeah, exactly. up. Yeah, because the cameras Look, are well, so two weird. boxes. Because we uh, because we lost. Yeah. <laughs> it works. Um, it does work. <laughs> um, but yeah, like th- this game is, like I said, it's one of those games that I never knew I wanted to play because you know I don't really consider myself the the kind of person like I wasn't really into in in into Indiana Jones, but. Once I once I saw this game, I was just like, "Oh hell!" Now I can play it. Like, yes, I do want to pay fourteen ninety nine. Copyright and yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but like the fact that it's, I think it, it's totally deserving of all the all the awards and all the praise that it's getting. And you know, the the art style is amazing. The the implementation of all the different features they have, like with the combat and the exploring. And interesting little mini games, by the way. Yeah, look at exactly. this. Look at this one um, on on screen right now. When you're encountering, um, what are they? I don't know. It's hyenas or something like that. Someone like well, yeah, hyenas. But it's it's interesting. I, well, I don't know if it's a mini game per se, but it's just an interesting well, mechanic. Yeah, and but, and being and having to like roll and stuff for everything that that sort of added that that extra level to a roguelike that I feel hasn't really been added a lot. It's a little bit of board game element. Exactly. Not just because of dice, but... Instead of just doing an RNG to expose it and let you actually play with it. Yeah. Yeah. And and being able to, (laughs) I I guess, fail on your own accord, it's like, oh, come on, man, why did I fuck that roll up? Uh, But it's really, like... I don't know. It just plays with that, that part of me that there's it's a little just, bit, yeah, a little bit of nostalgia, get... but the the mechanics in this too, yeah, have brought back a game that what the hell is this shit? Sorry, I'm using YouTube, obviously. Um, <laughs> so it's oh, playing an ad. Oh, oh, oh. yeah. Uh, Ignore that. <laughs> that is a that is a a weird. Yeah, we're back. Anyway, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's like it's 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 a lot of different mechanics put into this. You know the this shell of explore and get famous and be awesome. And you can play as Nikola Tesla and just oh, all this fun in itself. Exactly. Um, like it, can I it's, shoot lightning at people. Probably. No. Oh. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, some just general information on the game too. Yeah. Uh, uh, Good. So you can pick it up on Steam for Windows or Mac uh, for fourteen ninety nine. I'm just waiting for the uh, for the link to load here. Uh, it is uh, published and developed by. Honestly, I can't pronounce that. <laughs> it's, it's a, it's ma- machine, mensch, men, mensch. I'm just, I, I, mean, I just enjoy ma- machinen, men, mensch. I honest, machinen, yeah. mensch. Yeah, it, it's it's m a some sort of Dutch, German, something Swedish. I don't know. It's all i n e n dash m e n. S-C-H, or you could just do the easy thing and search The Curious Expedition on Steam. Uh, it is still, obviously, in early access. That's why it is on Peep Show. And all of the caveats to picking up uh, an early access alpha game uh, apply. You know, you are buying the game as is, etc. cetera. Uh, this is a little bit more of a simulation game than... Uh, some other games that we may have talked about. <laughs> this is some sort of rap song they said in chat. Someone make a remix of it. Go ahead and send it to us. We'll, we'll... Machine and Mensch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, now Ma- we need to Ma- rev and back and, uh, and figure everything out. Uh, but, I, you know, I, yeah. I've never played a game like this. Really? <laughs> like, I, I, I this harkens like, back to the, a lot of NES, NES and S, yeah, exactly. SNES type games. So. But, but like I was never really into the SNES. Like all the SNES well, that's games. That's because you're I, a youngin. How that dare is true. you, sir? How he, dare okay, you? Okay, give him no, a break. But... He's he's 21. All right, is, <laughs> yeah. he was born just slightly uh, at the end of that. Yeah, yeah. He's like he's like an N64 baby. That's what he basically <laughs> to a family that didn't want to buy an N64. Right. I'll you this time. Uh, no, hey. To be fair, I I the first video game I ever played was from the 80s. But <laughs> uh, going back to Curious Expedition. Uh, the the narrative is good. The all the goals and all the you know pixel art and and everything and the choices and the management. It's just mm, I don't know what it is. It's just it's just so good. It feels it feels it feels happy. Well, uh, so I have some news too, just from Rev since he's pro- he's popped out. Uh, his internet is down, and for once, it's not his problem. It's the internet provider. I know Comcast was having issues too, so yeah. hopefully, uh, I don't know what Comcast you have, Danny. Hopefully, or what internet you have. Hopefully, it's not Comcast. Uh, I'm rocking the Time Warner. All right. Well, that, I think that is Comcast. Let's hope you don't get Time Warner. <laughs> didn't they? Didn't Comcast buy Time Warner? Anyway. No, I no, it, got, it, it it didn't go through. Good, because that'd be stupid. But anyway, yeah. one thing that should go through is you at least checking out Curious Expedition on Steam. Uh, it, it's definitely at least worth a look. <laughs> uh, and it's time. Yeah. To exactly. go mobile. And this week on Going Mobile, we have a fun little slidey rhythm game called Frequency. You can, you know, you boot this game up and you got the little ship and you slide with one hand to go up and down. And then you click the other finger to to shoot. And it is a, a fun little challenging game that slowly ramps up the difficulty. You only have five lives starting out. And you do not want to hit any of the blue, red, or any basically anything that isn't your ship. 
No gameplay, uh, by the way. Sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> and also, if you notice, uh, Rev, we mentioned last time, is not here. He, uh, yeah. His internet went to shit. So. Yeah. You can look at the picture. <laughs> there you go. Uh, go ahead. Or Sorry. if you are in the live chat, uh, Josh made a made a funny one as well. Um, but yeah, so frequency, it, it's it's a fun little free game that you can get on your phone. It, it's one of the. It's not quite a, a rage game. Uh, it's more of a skill-based game where you are trying to avoid up and down, you know, you know, avoid the the obstacles and not get hit and not blow up. And at the same time, you do have the functionality of your your laser to laser things away that you need to laser. And really, it's just a a simple, fun, challenging game that. Yeah. Is he showed <laughs> on his phone there. Yeah, yeah. See, Dan- Danny's got it right there. <laughs> Do my best. I'm tr- I'm trying to be helpful. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and the. The I guess some of the challenge of the game is that the the response isn't the most responsive. Like it's, Suck. A, it's a little late, and I don't think it's my phone because I I don't have a I don't have the fastest phone in the world. But uh, he seems to be doing all right. Other than yeah, he does. I'm I'm, tr- I'm playing Mirror Image, and this says something about like a good thing. I'm playing Mirror Image in I'm looking at Skype to make sure it's lined up right. Yeah, yeah. Like and, I'm not and, looking at my screen. I'm looking, and he's at still screen. able to play it. Basically, if you have two thumbs and you have a smartphone, you can play frequency. But what about if we were talking about accessibility? What about the thumbless? Uh, well, see the the. I will say that if you are deaf, you could play this game, even though it probably wouldn't be quite as fun. Um, How is the music, can, by the way? Is it is it fantastic? It's pretty good. It's just you know, pretty good. Pretty, I mean, it's it's all right. I mean, yeah. I see my son I bet in you, reflection. I bet you, yeah. I bet, I bet you. I, I, I bet some people would be in more into it than me, and some people less so. Um, it is less so a. I, I find it weird that they call it a rhythm game when, yeah, it, it's 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 a rhythm game, but not, it's not so really much as a mechanic of it. Uh, it is, but because well, I mean, you said as, you can play it as when you're deaf, so you, like, you can yeah, you can play it with the audio off if that's a problem, or plug headphones in, or do whatever you want to do. In the end, it's just a fun little, you know, racy shooty dodge all the things game that you can play on your phone i i highly recommend this for people who are like you know don't necessarily have a long bus trip uh because i feel like this game would get really boring if you have like a a train ride for an hour but there's a lot of um like like quick replayability picking it up and putting it down and and just trying to get farther and, and trying trying the the harder stuff uh but yeah, it's it, it's a fun little it is free, free game. Yeah. There's so, I mean, there's no reason why you shouldn't just go pick it up. There's no reason. Like it's a quick download. It's fun. It it plays well. It looks good. The music's good. Good stuff. I'll go as yeah. far as to say, if you don't pick it up, then you are bad. Sure. What a bastard. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you know what else is bad? No. Tech, who's eating Shade bacon? <laughs> What's bad, Josh? Game, uh, right? The end of the show is a sad thing because we're having so much fun, even without Rev. We, we, as a matter of fact, Rev gone is even more fun. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Rev. Um, but uh, all good things must come to an end. Before we move on to our normal little outro thing, we do have one last giveaway, but not for the live audience like we did for the last two. It's for those of you who can't make it uh, to, to the live show, and you can have a chance in a recorded version. So for those of you who want a free copy of uh, Puba's uh, The Weaponographist, you can comment on the video on IndieGameRod.com. Comment the, on the post that the video is in. For, for our show yep. here 
Um, and ex- and in the comments, this is on indiegameriot.com. In the co- YouTube <clears throat> YouTube comments don't count. You have to go on to indiegameriot.com and yeah. comment on indiegameriot.com. In the comments, um, t- here okay. In the comments, tell us what kind what boss. Like think of a boss. Like we were talking about bosses in his interview. Think of a boss that you would create that, and, and like why you would create. Like, what's your inspiration behind the boss for something like the Weaponographist? Is that good? Is that a good one? Yeah. And we'll pick the best one that we think you know our favorite yep. one out of that. And then you will be emailed the code. a code for when a you do Steam copy when you do comment uh, when you do comment you do need to have your email um, put in there. When Can you I comment? comment? You can no. comment and win again the third. <laughs> but we copy. won't pick you. Yeah, we're not going to pick you, you asshole. <laughs> yeah. uh, so anyway, end of the show. Yeah. First of all, if you like the show, you want to see, you want to help us grow and really help out the indie community and uh, have some extra cash laying around uh, on a month-to-month basis. Please consider going to our Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/indiegameriot, and yeah. uh, throw a few bucks that way. It, it helps us tremendously. All the money goes right back into the show. Think about um, think about what you spend on coffee every day. Would you be able to spare spare that once a month for a show that you love? There you go. Just throw it over <laughs> to ingamerad.com. Think about it. Com. Everyone needs to cut back on their sugar intake. <laughs> Just pick one day out of the month. You know, you'll lose weight probably maybe. <laughs> Not a guarantee. I'm going to go a step and you'll further. Be- if you love cocaine, stop <laughs> buying cocaine. It's not good. Yeah. Right, that $100 exactly. a month you can for. send to Indie Game Riot. Um, <laughs> yeah. Thank you, and, and then Basically we've also helped you thing. not do cocaine, so don't do yeah, drugs, kids. Right? Win-win. Patreon.com slash Indie Game Riot. Thank you so much for considering supporting us. Um, if you are an indie dev like Danny down there, uh, below me, uh, please oh, consider... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. Please consider <laughs> contacting us, or if you know someone who is, please have them contact us. We could feature your game, much like uh, any of the games that we talked about today, including the Weaponographist, uh, or maybe even have you on for an interview. You never know. Uh, you can contact us in a bunch of different ways. Uh, first of all, we're on YouTube, youtube.com slash Josh and Yeah, and that's where all these videos are hosted, but the videos are also in IndieGameRide.com uh, for those of you listening to the live version. But if you are listening to the recorded version, want to hear all the antics that go on in between the show, and today... This show had a really good in between segments. It was particularly <laughs> yeah. good. Uh, ask anyone we who had was fun there. At least. Ask anyone who was there. So yeah. Uh, thank you, by the way, live chat for coming. But we're on hitbox.tv slash Josh and Ya, um, which is uh, every week Friday nine thirty uh, p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're on Twitter at IGR Podcast and Facebook.com slash IGR Podcast. We're on the new Player.me, by the way, Indie Game Riot. And uh, contact us through email if you're traditional. Contact uh, at indiegameride.com. And the, the website is indiegameride.com. There you go. <laughs> like pulling teeth. Yeah. Uh, any last words, gentlemen? Um, I mean, I, I guess I can't say this enough. If you're in the Philadelphia area, Go to Too Many Games. You can meet Josh, Rev, and I at Too Many Games and check out our awesome panel. Maybe we'll give you a sticker. Maybe you'll be able to get an awesome picture. Maybe you can pluck one of of Tech's beard hairs. That is not guaranteed, but a possibility. Oh, it's guaranteed. If anybody anybody comes up to me and is like, hey, Tech, can I pluck one of your beard hairs? I'm going to be like, only on camera. (laughs) And it's going to be the one person. (laughs) There you are. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, 
spaghetti. That's my yeah. last word. Spaghetti. spaghetti. Mom yeah. spaghetti. <laughs> That's an in-between uh, inside joke. Yeah, that you missed. So congratulations <laughs> uh, on missing that. You should cheer in our, our next live show. Yeah. And uh, say, say goodbye. To I'll see you next time, guys. Uh, that's you. You guys say goodbye. Oh, me too. All right, but thanks for, yeah, thanks for letting me spaghetti. Right. And thank you. Spaghetti and thanks for joining yeah, us, man. This was awesome. Yeah, definitely. Is this or is this not the funnest podcast you've ever been on? This is the funnest podcast ever. Boom. Bam. Boom. Score one Bam. in the game ride. Recording that on the website. <laughs> <laughs> Toodles. Toodles.